I'm a huge fan of collaborative effort. Uh, and I think there's a significant amount of roadblocks in the training community that keeps people from seeking quality training. Uh, <clears throat> and they seek, seek less favorable means to do that. Uh, they look around on the internet where there's a huge potential to get bad information uh, from unqualified people or people that may honestly just have bad intentions or, or not want them to do better. Uh, so I thought it made a lot of sense to get together with trusted individuals that were well vetted, well educated, uh, had a strong technical background and <clears throat> collectively work together to try and better the information that's out there uh, through whatever myriad of ways uh, that we could find to do that, be that online interaction, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching opportunities, um, you know, while leveraging the power of technology to do that to try and break down the barriers uh, because there's a lot of people out there that don't train uh, either because they're scared they're worried of embarrassment uh, they don't know where to go they don't know what quality coaching looks like and who if not us to try and and help break down that barrier i'm glad we got that on tape that was good that was beautiful that was that was pretty very pretty mm -hmm. yeah. this is what i do <laughs> yeah. what do you think guys should we start with our motivations like what brings us here what we what we hope to achieve our goals our motivations i think I we should probably do introductions and then break into that uh because people are who are we right on okay <clears throat> so which of us wants to go first should i go first <laughs> you, you go first you're running this you're you're driving this shit memphis <laughs> <laughs> right on so yeah um, my name is Mikos, and uh, people call me Memphis because that's where I'm from. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I spent nine years in the Marine Corps, and um, when I got out, I uh, did and well, I still do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I also do some, uh, some firearms instruction. Um, my main mentors when I first got into this thing um, were guys like Akil Kadir and Tiffany Johnson from Citizen Safety Academy. Uh, guys like Tom Gibbons of Range Master, guys like uh, Will Dugan of Top Gun, uh, Top Gun Memphis, and they took me under my wing and saw what good firearms instruction looked like. I was like, man, this is awesome. Why aren't more people doing this? Well, I quickly found out that I was spoiled, and you know, not not everybody really is blessed with the amount of coaches and the quality of coaches that I've been exposed to, and so. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of folks like myself included that just kind of from trial and error over the years had had to find out these lessons the hard way. Um, and man, like how many years could we leapfrog if we just had uh, adequate coaching? So uh, that's uh, that's really where I come from with that. Uh, as far as like accomplishments, uh, why should anyone listen to me as a coach? Well, I had a really good year last year. I uh, Let's see. I that's where I I met guys like you know Tyler Tharp and Christopher Bean of Active uh, Active Self Protection, uh, part of the instructor certification cohort cohort five. I um I left there and like instantly started experiencing success in a lot of areas that I had some goals. I got a turbo pin. Got my turbo pin last year. I uh, went to Arkansas State, won first place expert in carry optics, bumped to master. And I want to validate that further. So I went to Mississippi State, third place master, sixth place overall. Um, 
And, um, you know, I, a lot of that's because I just got good coaches. Uh, people that were looking at me like, okay, how about if you fix this? And it wasn't really so much about, like, stop jerking the trigger. Yeah. It was more about up here and just, you know, boosting me up. So if uh, I see the people online, I see people on Facebook and on YouTube, and I see their comments, and it's like, man, instead of, like, looking for the easy answers, like, hey, just change out your trigger, you know, get the new trigger. Or, you know, uh, stop jerking the trigger. You're anticipating recoil. I think there's a lot more to that. I think we're not looking in the right places here. And I think some of these guys can leapfrog more years of anguish and, and ridiculousness if they just had a good coach. And so that's why we're here. So, all right, who's next? <laughs> You're driving. Volen told somebody. All right. All right I'll go. Oh, there we go. Riley. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Riley Bowen. Uh, I, I am the uh, second in command at concealedcarry.com. Uh, I've been a shooter for all my life. Of course, a common phrase many people utter. But uh, in the last decade or so, well, about 12 years has been kind of my rebirth, if you will. Sorry for the shaky camera there. Been my, it's been kind of the rebirth of you know, me starting to understand, well, a lot of things that I didn't know. Uh, realized, you know, where I was at in my Dunning-Kruger, which was uh, probably pretty deep, pretty thick. But uh, I've been blessed to, uh, in, in 12 years or so, to be a firearms instructor. First started out as an NRA instructor. Around the same time, I actually became a part-time LEO uh, in like a reserve capacity and uh, in the state of Colorado here. And then... I became an agency instructor, post-certified in handgun and patrol carbine. Uh, in my time doing that, I first started being exposed to some people that were truly knowledgeable about things that I wasn't. And I just tried to do my best to listen and apply. And then I started uh, kind of lost Riley. Yeah, Riley, you're. How about uh, how about we come back to you? Yeah, we might have to circle back because he had great connection, and then it kind of went to crap. Yeah, you probably just found a you know a bad spot. All righty. Well, Dan, what do you think? How about we go ahead, go ahead with you, and then and then we'll do Tyler, and we'll come back to Riley. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good, man. So yeah, uh, I'm Dan Brady, and I started my uh, my handgun journey in the Marine Corps uh, back in the '90s, and got out of the Marine Corps um, and became a cop because that just seemed like the thing to do at the time. And I've done that ever since for 23 years. Um, I started doing some like low level entry competition stuff with uh, IDPA in the early 2000s. Um, and then I met a guy uh, who's a firearms instructor or was a firearms instructor for the FBI uh, named TC Fuller, um, good friend of mine now, uh, who then a short time later introduced me to Dave Spaulding and I took one of Dave Spaulding's classes and I learned more in 48 hours than I previously had known about shooting handguns. And I realized that I had been doing a whole lot of stuff just wrong and inefficiently um, for, for years. Um, and the coaching that I had received up until that point was subpar and I, and I didn't know why it was subpar but I decided to kind of enter this journey of pursuing excellence in shooting and as I got better and better um, 
helping other people shortcut their learning curves. That's my, my, my big thing. Uh, I want, I want everybody else to be as good or better than me way faster than me. Uh, that's really the, the primary objective. Um, so I've gone to a ton of different instructor schools. I've gone down a couple of different rabbit holes with, uh, with patrol rifle stuff and then some precision rifle stuff. And then I've kind of drifted back and forth, um, and ended up back on handgun over and over and over. So that's kind of what I've stuck with for the last like seven years, really hard. Um, and you know, I've done the, I, I did the, the Dave Spalding instructor thing with handgun combatives, um, and the range master thing. I'll finish that up, uh, with the master class in July. Um, and I, I joined this group Apache solutions, uh, with Tim Kelly, uh, a few years ago. And that's just been, uh, steel sharpening steel, uh, ever since, which I have really, really liked ran across Chris Bean at, uh, the range master advanced school, um, and kind of played some head games with him so that I could end up beating him out towards the top of the class. Uh, that worked fairly well. Uh, plus he had like brain surgery the week before and wasn't performing exactly at the top of his game. So, well, maybe not brain surgery, neck surgery, something anyway. Um, he, uh, but Chris and I got on really well. And so we've kind of collaborated on, on some different projects ever since he's one of the guys that I really go to when I'm trying to figure something out. Um, and I have spent a lot of time the last the last year, basically doing a lot, a lot of online space interactions with people and trying to push people in a better direction, because as, uh, as you pointed out, there's, there's so much bad or disinformation out there. And I, I really want to ease people away from that kind of thing and in, so, so that they can genuinely improve, um, and I noticed that some people tend to get easily frustrated and lash out and, you know, end up with these ad hominem attacks back and forth. And that's just not productive for anybody. So I've tried to exercise a lot of patience with that. And it's, it's helped. It's helped a lot. Uh, and I have converted a lot of people over the course of time to start listening and asking questions rather than asserting truths and that's been that's been really helpful and bumped into bumped into tyler in one of those online spaces and uh he definitely puts out some awesome content and chris had this like brain strike and was like you know what what if we all collaborated what if, what if several like top-notch dudes collaborated and we had some we had some collaborative online coaching that wouldn't undercut anybody's business, but may be able to push some people in the right direction to seek training from legitimate sources. And I was like, man, that is a brilliant idea. Whatever I can do, I'm in. And so that's why I'm here. Man, good stuff. Semper Fi, brother. Rock. Yeah. So, you know, T.C. Fuller. Uh, he's been my best friend for almost 20 years. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Like small world. Like, uh, I just picked up his new book, uh, painting over rust. Yep. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. You know? So. Yeah. I, I proofread that as he was writing it chapter by chapter. 
I'm gonna have to pick your brain at some point. Yeah, because I haven't started. I haven't really cracked it open yet, but I'm really excited to get into it. Well, uh, I, I make an appearance as one of the characters in that book. So let's see if you oh, can really? pick out. Let's see if you can pick out who I am. Okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. So you're up, Tyler. Uh, Riley, we're gonna come back to you. Okay, you're looking great. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna come back around to you. Tyler, how's it going, brother? Good, man. Uh, who am I? I am just some nerdy, nerdy redneck from Redwood, Mississippi is where I originally grew up. And nobody knows where that's it. It's right on the river. And uh, so, believe it or not, I got my start into this as a math tutor. Uh, I got uh, voluntold to be a math tutor at the age of 14. And then, believe it or not, I did a little bit of uh, saxophone tutoring as well. And then... <clears throat> decided to join the army. Both my folks were in law enforcement. Uh, decided to join the army as an MP at 17 and didn't do anything notable. Uh, never deployed nothing like that. Had a, just med boarded out after a few years. And, uh, didn't, you know, of course, everybody knows this. You don't learn nothing about shooting in, in basic and AIT, um, even as a battle MOS, until you get sent to do some cool teamwork stuff. You, you don't learn how to shoot. But anyway, Came out, uh, my dad died in the line of duty, actually, uh, back in 09. And then, so not long after that, my mom, you know, grieving and whatnot, just kept herself busy, found herself in the competition circuit in USPSA specifically, um, became friends with uh, Troy McManus, became a CRO really fast, started working national events, met a guy named Rodney May, who was uh with Max Michelle and uh, Tim Heron on the gray shirt team SIG, uh, SIG sour team back in the day. And so um, long story short, they got married and I've been under his wings for the past 10 years or so. Uh, cut my teeth on helping him AI teaching SWAT teams and alphabet soup teams, you name it type of thing. He was an instructor for mid South for a long time. Uh, you two decades ago type of thing, became a grandmaster. And I think the, like the 07 ish, 05 ish era. I can't remember helped with uh Navy special warfare for a while. Did some things like that. So anyway, I got my, uh, I got my start in the shooting, in the former shooting world under him. So I had a, 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 I was really blessed to go right off on the right foot immediately. Never really had um, a ton of bad habits. Still had some bad habits, of course, but uh, he was able to fix those pretty quick. And uh, then my mom became the first world on woman instructor. So I was helping her out with those. And then uh, state permit classes, helping out with those. And then decided to do my own thing. Um, or, well, excuse me, I decided to get my uh, state or USCCA instructor cert in 2018 so that I can start doing those permit classes. <clears throat> anyway, um, over the years, I've had a chance to train with some people. Uh, my first ever formal class outside of being with Rodney May all the time was, uh, believe it or not, Frank Proctor took a pistol and rifle class over at his place in Alabama and, uh, didn't, didn't, never did anything cool. Had fun. Never really took it serious just cause, you know, didn't have the time or the money or the resources to do it. Uh, didn't actually start taking any of this serious until about three years ago. Uh, it's when I really dug my heels into it, created Synergy Shooting Solutions, uh, this year, I reformatted, rebranded the the company to Synergy Training Group because we've broadened our horizons. 
Um, I've, I'm now like doing OC stuff and helping church security teams. I started a church security team for the church that I go to. Uh, now I'm starting to take competition serious, all that type of jazz. So like I said, I'm just some nerdy redneck from Mississippi that was really good at math and teaching people math. So I took the ability of teaching and coaching and bringing it to the uh, shooting world. I uh, I went to Tyler's uh, Red Dot Optics course, uh, Red Dot Pistol. It was phenomenal. Like I left that course and then immediately won like, you know, Arkansas State. Like that's that's how much of an impact it had. You, um, won, the, uh, you won the top duck award in that class, too. Yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> the top duck award, I display that more than I, I display the freaking trophy. So, <laughs> so that's that was a lot of fun. Um, and then also, like one thing about his class was that you know um, he had a uh, master class shooter uh, as an assistant instructor. He had a couple of master class shooters and a GM, a grandmaster shooter, as students in the class. That just speaks a lot to, you know, uh, to the caliber of instruction that that people have received there. So, man, dude, Tyler's doing a phenomenal job, doing real big things right now, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so. All right. So um, pulling up the rear, we got Riley. Um, I know you got started earlier, but we had some technical issues. Uh, you mind? Uh, uh, you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, <laughs> I start from the top again. You know what? Or. I think it'd probably be best, probably best to start from uh, the top just for, you know, everybody that listens to this. Hopefully my connection stays strong here. Uh, all right. So I'm Riley Bowman, uh, second in command at concealedcarry.com. Uh, got started into instructing about 12 years ago. Uh, first as an NRA instructor, I uh, just wanted to do it. Uh, thought I knew a thing or two. Of course, you know, I didn't know jack squat, but, uh, uh, but it's good. You know, I became an instructor. Uh, I've always enjoyed teaching and mentoring and coaching others. It's just something I've kind of done in various capacities in my life. Uh, around the same time, I became a part-time LEO in a reserve capacity here in Colorado. Uh, became a post-certified handgun patrol rifle instructor. So I did a little bit of instructing on the agency level. Uh, and that's kind of when I first got exposed to Things, you know, there were things I was learning I didn't know at the time, you know, before that. And it's one of those things where, you know, you start learning what you don't know. And then you realize you don't, there's even more things you don't know. And so um, it got me, you know, started on a path where I was asking questions and seeking answers. And, you know, if you pay attention, you listen, uh, think critically, uh, it leads you on a path to um, enlightenment, really. So, uh, that's kind of where I got started with that. And then about seven years ago, it was late 2015, uh, I got involved with my current business partner, Jacob Paulson. And uh, we launched, uh, well, technically the business already existed, but we later acquired the domain name concealedcarry.com. And that's my full-time job. I have a number of brands and other companies that we own and manage or represent. Uh, some of them you may be familiar with, like Range Tech Shot Timers or Mountain Man Medical or KSG Armory Holsters, uh, Barrel Block, and a few others. I've been teaching on the road for a few years now. And about three or so years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I started uh, revamping my curriculum. I actually stopped teaching for a while 
because I felt like I just needed to go back to the drawing board and revisit what I was teaching and how I was doing it. And that uh, gave birth to uh, what is my signature, I guess, class now, which is uh, uh, which is pistol intelligence, uh, which some of you here uh, in this uh, collective have taken, which I appreciate and I, I enjoy very much sharing, you know, my knowledge, I guess, of of what I know and being able to share that with masses. Been a competitive shooter for about seven years. Uh, currently, master class USPSA, and uh, oh, I guess also the Colorado State champion as of uh, the last year. So the current champ finished third master at nationals last year in carry optics and uh, 18th overall in uh, production division at nationals as well. So just uh, keep keep grinding, keep working at getting better and trying to take it a little bit closer to the top. Uh, yeah, but uh, super thrilled about this idea. You guys know I'm super passionate about helping others, and uh, I love collaborative work. And many of you I've collaborated with before on a variety of things. Uh, so, you know, Chris is uh, AI'd for me in a class. Tyler's going to AI with me this weekend. Uh, Memphis is going to come to my class. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. I think this is a great idea. Uh, my big one of my big passions with the pistol intelligence curriculum is to is to help people. And Dan and I were just talking about this over, uh, over, over, I guess it wasn't really dinner, but, uh, I guess he was having drinks and I was just sitting there listening. <laughs> no, but, uh, we, uh, we were talking about shortcutting people's learning curve and it's something I'm super passionate about. And I think that this could be a great way of helping to do that as well. So glad to be a part of it. Yeah. When I first came across, uh, Riley Bowman, um, from concealedcarry.com, it, um, when I first got into it, you have all these conflicting ideas, right? Like, hey, this is how you stop shooting low and left, blah, blah, blah. Um, this, you know, if 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 you have a home invasion and you shoot them outside, drag them inside, you know, you kept hearing different stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you get that, that, that voice in the back of your head that says, man, I don't think that sounds right. You know, like, well, what happens if the cops see the trail of blood that comes into your house? You know, what happens then? And, you know, uh, Riley Bowman and his business partner, uh, Jacob Paulson, they put together, you know, um, a lot of uh, modules of instruction on their website. And at a time in where I lived, where I didn't really have a whole lot of instruction available, I didn't have any coaches or, or training available, or I really just didn't even know where to look. Like that right there was better than, you know, what you were hearing from Facebook and YouTube. So, you know, I just, you know, like the fact that now I get to actually go to a Raleigh Bowman class, dude, I'm so, I'm so pumped about that. It's so incredible. So really excited for it. Um, I am too. So I love, uh, I love that we're all students of each other. Yeah. I think it just, you know, comes down to like the utter lack of, you know, well, not really a lack of ego, right? Um, there's When I look at these guys, there's no arrogance, you know, there's no like, there's no measuring stick up here like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the big dog here. No, it's just collaboration. It's just, you know. I think, <laughs> can I jump that? Yeah. I think one of the things that, uh, really attracted me to to this concept um is exactly that is people putting aside uh their 
not like you said, not necessarily ego, but not having this need to run things, not being arrogant about uh, their standing or their uh, who, who they are or who they want people to perceive them to be. If they can just set that aside and be like, look, I have this knowledge pool here and I do have these abilities and I want other people to have access to it um, of, of my own free will. Nobody's forcing me to do this. Uh, you know, it's not like intellectual socialism. It's just handing out the ability to excel through good coaching, good instruction, um, solid resources, baseline materials, um, source documentation, if you will. There are things that you should be referencing and things you should not be referencing. Um, and, and I think we've all read books that we went, I'm not sure that that's, uh, that's a way to go. Um, and then there's other things that you, that you read or you see and be like, maybe I should look at that guy a little bit harder. Uh, that that's somebody I could probably rely on. And, you know, the, the, the competitive aspects of shooting, uh, USPSA, IDPA, uh, steel challenge, three gun, all of that super fun, super informative, and certainly indicative of, uh, incredible levels of skill. Uh, but when it comes to utilizing deadly force for, protecting yourself and your loved ones uh you just you you can't afford to have bad information and you can't afford to make those mistakes that you see people making intellectually in online spaces all the time and i I, and i want to correct for that yeah definitely definitely so let's uh we got one more guy to introduce and then we'll start talking about uh goals um let's introduce christopher bean uh let's see there's stuff I want to say about how, you know, how I first ran to Christopher Bean, but, you know, I want to, I want to go ahead and let you introduce yourself first. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. So I'll, I'll actually preface this by saying I have no proclivity, uh, no athletic ability towards shooting, uh, nothing in my background that would uh, elude or provide me to be an, an excellent shooter. Uh, but what I do have is a very tenacious nature and a very curious nature. Uh, so with that being said, uh, my name's Christopher Bean. I run a company called Tactical Advantage. Uh, I also affiliate with or associate with uh, a few other companies within the firearm space, uh, one being Active Self-Protection, where I'm a co-director of their instructor certification program. Uh, I also do some coaching as part of the coaching staff for the Complete Combatant with Brian and Shelley Hill, uh, along with my own endeavors. Uh, I've got about 5,000 or so hours of, of work as a student within this space uh, and around 40,000 hours as a professional instructor. I've been instructing for about 23 years, uh, give or take a year, somewhere in there. Um, but I have a, a very different approach than most, most um, where I, I very much like coaching the individual. And, and really, my motivations are to unleash the potential in those people. Uh, within their own parameters, 
what I see more often than not are people trying to diagnose issues with blanket statements that I, I believe are counterproductive for people. So I, I think the first order of business is to find out who they are, where they are, what they can do, what their limitations, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, and then apply diagnoses in direct relation to that. Uh, because really the end game is to get them as far as they can go, not where I want them to go, to to open the roadway for them to achieve on their own terms. Uh, that's how I coach. Uh, I do those in a, a bunch of different facets, uh, performance related stuff, mechanical related stuff, uh, mental performance related stuff, as well as leadership uh, life skills, things like that. So kind of anywhere I can apply the skills I've learned over the years, uh, in my experience to help other people, uh, because I develop most of, of my techniques in a vacuum. Um, and I didn't really have help and it was the hard way and it took a long, long time. Uh, so really my hope is to help people find that path sooner, wherever that path leads them. And, and, provide them a guide in such a way that it's not limiting to them. Uh, it frees them. So that's, that's really my thing. You know, I have an operation or an oppositional relationship with non-excellence and I just want to share that with the world. Man. So Christopher Bean, I met him with the, uh, the active self-protection instructor certification and tell you what, man, like Chris is one of the most cerebral, dudes that I have ever met, much less shooters or coaches or anything like, like he, you know, he doesn't just coach your shooting. He coaches you. Like I'm a better person because of Christopher Bean. And that's no, that's no bullshit. All right. And he's not going to accept that. You know, <laughs> it's like, he's like, ah, you're, you know, you kind of like, no, 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 that's real talk, man. And uh, I, I really, all I can I say really to that appreciate. is you were who you were before you met me. I just gave you a chance to see yourself through my eyes. So thank you for that. So um, we talked a lot about goals tonight. I want to share something with y'all. Um, let's see. There's a little thing right here where I can share my screen. And there's something here. There's a window. I want to share this right here. And you may not be able to see it. Um, and let's see if I can... Get put it in a format that allows everybody to see this. I think this right here is going to be the best format that we got. So, and let me go ahead and see if I can blow this up just a little bit so that everybody can read it. Um, this right here is a snippet that a buddy of mine sent me earlier today. And um, basically what we're looking at here is a Facebook conversation. Uh, there we go. And so there's this Facebook conversation that I saw here and Let's see here. So poor guy hops on Facebook and he says, hey, I'm still hitting low and left. It's been happening over a period of time. Watching videos on what I'm doing as far as grip and such. Even changed the front sight after measurements with Dawson arms. I think he's talking about Dawson precision. Um, he's getting some comments here. And one of his comments was, I've seen a few reasons for this. Yeah. Um, that it, earlier to diagnose and help if a person... Help have seen a person where you locate it. And it seems like right here, this guy right here, he's like, okay, let's get this guy in front of a coach, right? And I'm I'm really in the same accord. Like there's there could be anything that's going on. It's really hard to diagnose issues over Facebook. And so that's just the first uh 
link in the chain here. Um, you got some folks that are coming through like, hey, it sounds like trigger anticipation. Um, when I do it, that's where I shoot. Try dry firing with the dime on the front sight. Okay, I've seen that happen. You know, I've seen that work for some people. And then, of course, you know, more talk about trigger anticipation using the ball and dummy drill. Um, each person is unique, and you may have to play around with your trigger finger placement. Low portion. The low portion is you dipping down, most likely. Okay, that's all right. We can we can can we could we could talk about that a little bit. All right. Low and left is a common Glock thing for a right-handed person. Anticipating the shot is usually the problem. Okay, still a grip problem. Uh, you need a real coach to work you through it. Yes, it's common. I'll adjust and blah blah blah. I'm a short guy, so the 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 target eye level is taller than me. So instead of aiming center mass, I'm aiming high and more to the right mm -hmm. towards the right shoulder to hit center. Works for me. And I see poor Chris over here. He's like <laughs> he's losing his mind. And so you have this poor guy. And I think we've all been there. He's having some trouble with his marksmanship. And it's just so easy to go on Facebook and be like, hey, look, you know, I need some help. Guys. What do you think? But none of these folks that are leaving comments here are qualified to give him the help that he needs. There's a couple of guys here that are like, hey, you need a coach to work you through it. Um, and then you got some stuff about jerking the trigger and anticipating recoil. Trigger anticipation is kind of a new term for me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so... I think this is why we're here to help this guy right here. I think that's why we're here. So what are your thoughts? I, I can jump in real quick. Cause I think, and this is an analogy that you guys have probably heard, but if you were going to go skydiving for the first time or the first time by yourself and you said, Hey, I need to learn how to pack my shoe. I'm going to go on Facebook and ask a random group how to do that and jump tomorrow. That's kind of the, uh, systemic problem that we kind of run into where people I, I believe are trying to help but they don't have the background knowledge to help so then what you have is an entire stream of communication that there's no continuity to it they don't know where to go they don't know how to help deal with this problem and then they eventually discover a method and that fosters the other side of the spectrum where people don't really know what they did to fix a problem so they'll just well it works for me i shoot low and left so i aim in the head box to shoot an alpha that's not really solving the problem it, it may give you short-term results but it's not solving the problem so again i i have no animosity towards any anybody that does that but i think they create a larger problem than they solve i saw a thing years and years and years ago um uh, and it said something along the lines of fortuitous outcomes reinforce bad tactics. And I think that's what you're saying right there, Chris, is that, you know, the guy who makes alpha hits by, you know, aiming over the left shoulder or right shoulder or whatever, um, you know, he's getting those outcomes uh, fortuitously because he just keeps doing the same thing wrong consistently. Um, you know, the, the, the problem being when his target changes, uh, sizes or distances, um, he no longer has the same reference points. So, I, I, I think, uh, I think we all have the same goal here to offer, you know, to to be like a shooting Google Maps uh, and and push uh, people in the direction that they want to go using 
legitimate resources uh, rather than, uh, you know, black magic and smoke signals. Yeah. And Tyler, you got something cooked up. What do you think, man? It's uh, it's really hard to isolate something when you got a shotgun method of advice coming at you. <laughs> uh, it just ain't how it works, man. Everybody's different. And that's the whole purpose of needing a coach. Right. Uh, when I shoot low and left, it's, it's, for me, it's normally a disparity of dominance in my hands. And I'm just getting down too much with that right hand or the left hand ain't doing what it needs to do. For other people, it might just be that they have a bad anticipation problem or, you know, the flinchies, we call it. Um, and by God, it actually could be the sights. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. I bought a 43X. No, 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 48. Never had a 43X. Bought uh, one of the first 48s when, back when they had the silver slide. And, uh, I kid you not. I had to shove the rear sight all the way to one side to get that thing to zero. From, like straight out of the box with uh, I was shooting 124 Blazers. I believe. And so again, your sights being needing some sort of adjustment ain't, ain't necessarily um, uh, out of the realm of possibilities. I say, I'll say this um, people looking to Facebook for advice. That's tough, man. Especially if you're already looking for Facebook for Facebook advice, that means you, you don't typically, you don't know how to separate the good from the bad to begin with. So it all sounds normal to you. Like a lot of those things of advice to us, we know that's just either one, a blanket statement or, you know, just a waste of total time or it could be it or, oh, they're just talking out of their rear end to sound good on Facebook or whatever. But to that person, to someone that isn't on our level or above, it all sounds right. Like he, that, that fella may really go out to the range next time and start like playing with finger placements on the trigger because someone made it sound like that could be a, a possible thing when all of us know that you could put however much finger of whichever finger, wherever you want on the trigger. And as long as you don't jack up the sight picture while pressing it straight to the rear, you're going to get a, a bullet hole exactly where the gun was aimed. So the gun's mechanical, right? It's a constant. We're the variable. As long as the sights are correct, and as long as you don't become too much of a variability through the process of making the gun go bang, it's going to do what it's told. Like It, it does what it's you tell it to do. Um, but yeah, try to drink out of a water hose, the shotgun method of, Oh, try this, try this, try this, try this, try this to someone that ain't in tune like us, man, that's just too much. And, and it very well, it very well could just make them so frustrated that they're going to give up and stop seeking out professional help. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me worry for that guy, you know, because like, what, what's the next step here? Is he going to mm -hmm. take the phone to the range and then, you know, all right, well, all these people on Facebook, they told me to do this. And no. is he going to do it correctly? Is he going to understand what's going on when he does that stuff? Is he, you know, is he going to find a solution for what he needs? I don't know. Yeah. Man. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. If he takes the phone to a range, he'll post a video and he'll get the same commentary from the same people that will alienate him so bad. He will either wallow in his indecision and inability forever and never seek betterment or he'll quit. That's what will happen. I'm going to step out for a couple minutes, gents. I'll be back. So, Raleigh, what do you think? Well, I think that this gentleman is probably where a lot of us were at one time. Uh, and I remember the days when, you know, you didn't even really have Facebook or social media to turn to. 
um, maybe at internet forums, uh, which depending on the quality of the forum was either no better or, or worse. Um, but, uh, I remember, you know, reading gun magazines and reading articles about fixing, you know, the low left, uh, you know, issue or whatever. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a struggle. And then where you figure out for maybe for the first time, how to truly solve some of this stuff is to get quality instruction and coaching and, I mean, really, there's, that's the answer to so many things, but it's also a thing that's so difficult for so many people to actually do. Uh, so many people don't think they need to find a quality instructor or coach. Uh, so many people think they already know enough. So many people may rule out uh, getting the instruction they need because of uh, financial or other reasons. And so, uh, I mean, that's the that's, uh, that is the great trial of life is you're going to struggle along until, you know, you, you change something and preferably change to something that's actually going to fix whatever it is you're dealing with. So it's not always easy, but the, the social media groups and online forums and things uh, propagate so much bad opinion, but the unfortunate truth is that not every have it actually hopefully i came through okay all righty i lost like the last 10 seconds of that <laughs> but uh and i think we may have lost riley can you hear me okay can i add to that just a bit yeah please hey <laughs> so i actually wrote a, a a short story on this um the human brain prefers to learn things in stepping stones, if you will, or stair method. Uh, the proper term is chunking. Chris already knows exactly where I'm going with this because he read that paper. Uh, you didn't go learn algebra before you learn how to put two and two together. All right. And you show as heck didn't go and learn calculus before algebra. There's a very good reason for this. And that's how our brain works. Like we, we need to put the, crumbs together all right we need to learn how to put all the crumbs together before we can take the whole bite of bread okay it it just ain't worth the squeeze going to facebook and trying to get calculus plus answers from people that let's be honest barely passed algebra for something that is a transition to algebra and geometry style question um however if you're not a math person and all this sounds foreign to you well, that's exactly how all that advice sounded to him. All right. It sounds all cool and whatever, but he hasn't grasped those foundational skills and truly understood those enough to be able to apply uh, even some of the things, wild things, or decipher between the wild things that were given to him. Just saying how the brain works. Like, and I get it, you know, because like, you know, I mean, I used to change my breaks using YouTube videos. I get it. Um, you know, I would join like uh, car groups and ask them like, hey, like what's the best kind of exhaust to put on, you know, uh, a 2010 Nissan Pathfinder, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, you get the answers that you get, you get the opinions that you get and they're worth about as much as you pay for them. Um, but, uh, you know, I get it. I just, but dude, Tyler's right. Like he's asking calculus questions and getting algebra answers. Well, you, you know what I think is a great point you just made, though, is is like YouTube for 
you know, learning just a ton of different tasks. But where that that information becomes valid is when it's a, a task that remains constant, right? But human beings are the variable that change everything in relation to the gun. And that's individual specific. I mean, there are certain trends that you see, but that's where it's very difficult to get this kind of information in an online online format. Now, certainly not saying it never works because it does. There's quality information out there, but what you have to weed through to get to it uh, is rather difficult. And also like individual coaching stuff, uh, I'm sure you guys can call it all a firm. You know, you could have somebody with a pre-ignition push or an upset sight picture from a trigger actuation. You can see that from across a line and literally go fix that for them in a matter of seconds. Right now fixed, right now better. And, and I think that's the difference where you can get stuck in the mire of, of trying to figure this out uh, with non-individualized information. And you may very well be able to do that. But is it a wiser use of your time to try and do that quicker and get over it and move on to the next issue? That's that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, that, that is that is so spot on. I was thinking the same thing that uh, and it kind of ties in with, I think, the 10 seconds that you missed for me earlier, which I, where I was basically saying that, you know, everyone has the right to speak and the right to not all opinions are of equal value or are qualified you know, the same way, to the same level. And, you know, using a YouTube video to solve a direct mechanical problem with a, with a, with a car or even fixing a gun, for that matter, it, that's it's so different because you get instant feedback as to whether the video you're following is actually working or not. Because I mean, it either works or it doesn't. You either get, you know, those brake pad, brake pads to come off or not. You know, <laughs> whereas shooting is such a nuanced, individualized thing, and different techniques even work for different people. You know, you can watch a video from even a trust, trustworthy, reliable source. It says, hey, here's my technique, and it may, you know, benefit you, but uh, it may not benefit you as well as if you just discover the best technique for you. And so I was just thinking, you know, the, I think where I started to finally start making some headway with my own shooting and my own learning was when I became informed enough to recognize who some of the experts in the industry were. Some of those that I was first exposed to that I honestly stumbled upon on YouTube were guys like Mike Seeklander, who puts out tons of quality content. And uh, I, I got so much from his video um, about other technique-focused things. And then I put them to work. And then watching videos from guys that Curly knew what they were talking about, ultimately led me to taking classes from all those same guys. And then that got me down the path. <clears throat> so let's see. Our time's growing a little short. Uh, I know I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Um, let's ask one more question before I let y'all go. Someone's on the line and they're shooting low and left. What are you thinking? Where are you looking? I'll go first. <clears throat> 
what am I looking at? Uh, the first thing I'm going to look at is is their hands. What what are their hands doing? <clears throat> hands are hands are very com complex biomechanical uh, appendages that we have, and they're very very used to working together. Uh, and when we're shooting two-handed, uh, our hands have to do uh, a few different things. Uh, the hardest task that I think is associated with shooting a handgun is isolating this finger from the rest of these fingers. Uh, and even though the majority of the time you can't completely isolate it, uh, what you can do with this hand is compensate for that lack of complete isolation. So that's what I'm going to look at first. I'm going to look at what their hands are doing, how they're collected on handgun, and how much isolation they have, and how much compensation they have uh, with that support hand. That's the first thing I'm going to look at. Uh, the second thing I'm going to look at is their face, and to see if they are doing uh, making making gestures that would suggest uh, pre-ignition push. Um, behaviors, uh, thing, things like wincing or flinching, uh, eye closing, thing, things of that nature. Those, those are the, the primary things that I'm going to look at for that classic low left for a right-handed shooter. Uh, that, that's what I'm going to look at first. Um, and then if I can't specifically identify one of those biomechanical issues, uh, I'm probably going to start speaking to them and asking them questions. Um, because everybody learns slightly differently. Uh, and I don't have the coaching pedigree that, uh, Christopher Bean does. Um, but I know a little bit about how to get across, uh, the learning barriers. I, I have a, a passing interest in adult learning theory, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's, that's about what I cover. I would cover, I should say. Somebody else, uh, like somebody smart, like Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so patterns and then application. So are they shooting low left at speed or are they shooting low left at uh, uh, accuracy only? So you're giving them all day long to give you the, the best shots that they can possibly produce um, or both. Okay. Uh, and then as you're watching them, do you like, like, Dan said, any sort of inclination that they're the flinchies um, try not to use big words. I'll leave that to Chris. Uh, so if they don't have any of the flinchies, all right, and we're shooting slow paced, then we're going to talk about, are they feeling what they need to feel with just their trick fairing? Do they have a mind to muscle connection and can they consciously, are they consciously in tune with the nerve endings right there and can tell me exactly what that trigger is doing? Um, and once we understand what it is doing, all right, cool. Now, are you pressing it in such a way that it's not disturbing the sight picture? Are you trying to rip all six pounds of that trigger in one motion? Or are you staging it and then pressing in one pound increments? Because one pound is less than the total weight of the gun. Therefore, physics, right? Less weight to move or more weight. Um, we can talk about a couple things like that. Once we understand uh, full isolation and how to manipulate that trigger, uh, in a more efficient manner, whichever one they like. Do they like the rolling break or do they like the prep and press, the staging, if you will? Um, figure out which one of those they like to bring those shots back up. We can try that out. Now, let's go to low left at speed because that is me at times. 
I mean, I can put hole in hole if you give me all day long. That's not a problem because I understand that mind to muscle connection. No problem. At speed, our conscious mind starts being occupied by other things. And then because of disparity of dominance, we've done our whole life being right-handed or left-handed. Our dominant hand is normally just over-dominant because we eat with it. We wipe with it. We do everything with it. The other non-dominant hand is just this redheaded stepchild that don't do nothing, right? A little lazy, little pump. And uh, even if we consciously think about our left-handed grip being in the game, as soon as something changes in that chain of cognitive load, it forgets, right? Because again, it just it ain't used to being the dominant appendage. So then we'll we'll talk about that. Like how much conscious effort are you putting in your left hand? Is it significantly more than the right, or you know, which is your dom? And then we'll go into the handshake exercise because I want to feel what they're feeling. Like, all right, shake my hand, hold it like you're holding a gun. Now do this one. Okay, all right. So let me show you how mine feels, and I want you to pro with those different types of pressures, different points, and things like that. And then I want you to consciously think about that non-dominant hand, and even out loud say while you're shooting, left hand, left hand, left hand, or right if you're a left-handed shooter. That way you're conscious mind your cognitive load stays on their non-dominant hand pulling some of that dominance away from the other one helps you at speed so a couple little coaching moments there um but again it it, it fully depends on the two different type of contexts i'm stealing some of this stuff by the way all right <laughs> miko's taking notes <laughs> go for it man that was that was good dude yeah yeah so let's see um what about you guys? How about you? How about you, Chris? How about you, Riley? What do yeah, you guys think? I've got a couple. So for me, it's you, you start with when is it happening and why is it happening? Is it a software or a hardware issue? Um, you know, if it's a software issue, there's a, a certain approach you can do that that lends itself to comfortability, uh, things like that, that you can kind of approach. If it's a physical issue, I'm looking for a couple things. First, it's the hands. Then it's the eyes during the shot process. Uh, if I notice anything in the hands, then I'm looking at, and this is where the big words are going to come, so you guys make fun of me all you want. Um, <clears throat> but really what I look for, is there a, a group of muscles in the arm, both on the strong or the dominant and the non-dominant side? And they're your flexor muscles in the outside of your forearm. Uh, this is your flexor carpi ulnaris, your flexor carpi radialis, and your palmaris longus muscle. Uh, so what you can see on the strong side, if there's way too much grip on the strong side, you'll see these under trigger actuate, actuation uh, activating significantly. And if you can see that, that's normally going to cause a downward push on the gun because you're overexerting a muscle that's not required for the activity. On the subdominant side or the non-dominant side, that's where you'll also see a lot of downward push. Uh, because as they're activating the pinkies, these muscles activate. Now, these are things if you're clued in and you're used to watching for it, you can see it a mile away, uh, especially with someone with well-developed musculature, uh, but more so you can see kind of dips in the wrist. So that's from a mechanical side, some of the things I look for. Uh, but I have a very anatomy-based approach. Like the body tells you what's happening if you watch uh just more often than not people don't watch and they don't ask so that's my take i'm still in that too i'm, I'm thieving from all y'all all right <laughs> that's good stuff um it's i mean some of these things are really not that difficult once you understand 
how they work. And that's what I appreciate about what Chris just explained is because you understand what's going on with the muscles, the tendons, the hands and fingers. Uh, it's really straightforward, especially if you've got a lot of that pinky activation. I mean, we want the pinkies activated. We want them pressing, right? Uh, providing pressure. Uh, the problem is when they're not fully activated already, and then the person starts activating it finally. And just by tightening up that part of the hand, think about where the tendon is. It's coming right through the lower part of the wrist. And if that tightens up, it's just it's going to pull that wrist. It's, it's literally that simple. <clears throat> um, one thing I look like I look at a lot of the same things you guys already mentioned because uh, they're all great indicators. Another thing that I will sometimes look at because it's very apparent to me is I'll look across their front sight. I'm standing kind of the side of them and I'll look across the front sight and I'll see that front sight tip right at the moment that they fire as they fire. And that is like, a, that's a for sure. Uh, I mean, because again, you can look at the muscles, you can look at the hands, you can look at all those things, you can look at their eyes uh, and they may be uh, a symptom uh, or whatever, but, but, I can watch and see the result as well and get a, get a secondary confirmation. And so that's, that's another thing that I look at. If you have a reference point beyond them, beyond their gun, in line with that front sight, you'll see that very quickly dip right as the gun starts to fire and then lifts. So that's another thing that I look at. But uh, one final thing or note for me on this particular topic is that I come at trigger control or trigger manipulation a little differently than some folks. And for me, it's, I focus on the visual processing piece of it as well. Because if the individual is seeing all that they need to see, if they're actually seeing their sights, paying attention to what the gun is doing, the gun will tell them what's going on. And if they're actually accountable to their sights throughout the entire shot process, uh, they will not allow themselves to anticipate or flinch because they will see that and they will and when you see it when you recognize it it's almost self-correcting because you immediately know like, what's going on even people that don't have a ton of experience with shooting if they can get to where they see the, that you know the dip of the gun or whatever it is if they are paying attention to their sights and holding themselves accountable to them throughout the whole shot, then even inexperienced people a lot of times can intuitively begin to fix that issue. Uh, the other thing I like to explain is that for a lot of people, it happens because they aim first and then they press the trigger and they treat it as almost two different distinct steps in the, in the shooting process, when in reality, aiming should be taking place throughout the entire process. And where uh, trigger presses are just inter interspersed throughout that. So the aiming is, is a continuous process. It's never turned off. But so often in our brains, we're like, aim, 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 aim. Ooh, that looks good. And then it's like, well, quickly shut that off while I turn on this other thing and press the trigger. It's even more prevalent in newer shooters because there's so much going on, so much that they're having to uh, think their way through that they have to think about, what am I doing with the sights? What am I doing with the target? Oh, and now I have to do this trigger thing. Um, and so the sooner we can get them past that, to help them understand that, look, aim, 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 aim throughout that whole process and then press the trigger when you feel that it is good enough, when you see that it's good enough, 
that often has really good success for me with my students is uh, focusing on the visual side of it. You know what, what was really important about what you said for me is just because what I think is really important about what you do or, or anyone really, because everything we're, we're talking about kind of lends itself to visual acuity. And what we're doing is lending our visual acuity to the client, like be that watching a sight move or be that watching a muscle move, or that's literally what we're doing. Uh, we're a set of eyes that are tuned and attentive to, to try and help them get in front of an issue. And it's, it's interesting that we all articulated a different approach, but it's all really the same thing fundamentally. That's why we pay you the big dollars, Chris. I yeah. wish. That's exactly why. Uh, that's why. That's why he has the big dollar certifications. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets paid the big bucks. Man, uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good with language, but I, I I wrote down four words that I now have to look up. Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> when Tyler said big words, he wasn't kidding. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, guys. Yeah. So, uh All righty. Well. We're an hour and 10 minutes in. I didn't anticipate us going this long, but dude, it's worth every single second. I think that, you know, I think that whoever views this is going to get a ton out of it. And I just, you know, I just really, really value your time. Um, Any final thoughts, like anything else we should talk about before we break it down for the day or for the night? I just think more to come, man. I'm excited to be in this endeavor with you guys very much so. And I cannot thank you enough for, you know, wanting to help me figure this out. It means the world to me. It really does. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Girl, same. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was, Dan, Dan sent me a message out of the blue. Like our very first interaction was like, it was like, Hey man, I like your stuff. I like the way you deliver it. You want to be on this coaching thing? I'm like, that's uh, extremely humbling. <laughs> uh, yes, I'd be an idiot to say no. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> I think uh, I think this is this is Chris's brainchild. I think this is uh, a, a big time idea, and uh, I, I I guess I have a little bit of the uh, I don't know some of the public reach with some of the Facebook groups and stuff like that. A lot of people that I talk to anyway, and some of them even listen to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Riley and, and Tyler were the first guys I, I thought of when it came to uh, who, who does this super, super good and who can talk about how this is happening at speed and doing it really, really well. <laughs> yes, that's how he does it, is the booger hook. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think my final piece would be, uh, and, and it kind of piggybacks off of what uh, Chris was just saying a minute ago about we as the coaches being the students' eyes a lot of times. Uh, and, and I think to that point, part of my goal as an instructor and as a coach is to ultimately and eventually show and teach the student what I see and get them to start to see it as well. Because then they can... Well, I mean, if you can self-diagnose and think about how much easier it is to grow and develop, uh, you can just grow so much, so much quicker. So, anyway, good thoughts today, gentlemen. I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Right on, guys. Cool. Right. Yeah, I think that's awesome. 
yeah, I can't wait for our next episode. And um, folks, if you're listening, um, if you're watching or if you're listening, I just want to let you know how much we appreciate the time that you're spending with us. You could have spent that time doing anything, uh, hanging out with your family or earning some extra cash. But instead, you're here with us, and we just we just want to let you know how much you appre we appreciate it. Folks, thanks for watching. I'll see you soon. Thanks for texting. What is this? What are we calling this? The Coaches Collective, right? Coaches Collective. Coaches Collective. All right. See you guys soon. Thanks.